Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Welcome one and welcome all to the greatest show of them all. It is the NFC East Mixtape Volume 140. You can listen to this show wherever you get your NFC East blog podcast across the SB Nation network. You can also watch this show on the Bleeding Green Nation YouTube channel or the Blogging the Boys YouTube channel, where if you do, you will see the dejected look of one Brandon Lee gotten from Bleeding Green Nation and the still sort of sick look from myself, RJ Ochoa from Blogging the Boys. Although BLG, as I understand it, you're a little bit under the weather yourself. Hope you're feeling better. Thanks, RJ. Yeah, I mean, you might be able to hear it in my voice. Um, you know, I, I forge on the mental fortitude it takes to podcast. You know, what an incredible feat. Um, not COVID, so that's good. I tested a COVID test. You know, I guess I guess that's a good thing. But yeah, um, my head hurts. My voice doesn't sound great. Here I am. The Eagles lost to the 49ers. The true champion of the NFC East this year is not the Cowboys. It's Man, not the Eagles. There was some... It's not the Commanders. It's not the Giants. It is the 49ers. Um, look, I have been deathly afraid of the 49ers for a very long time. Um, and I think um, I think you maybe understand why a little bit now. We obviously have a lot to get to. Um, I do want to offer, because I think we were, we were kind of talking about before we started, um, that a lot of people are sick. And I've obviously been sick for like a month at this point. I actually, um, you have a kid. Yeah. Just kind of your life now. You you mentioned that you started feeling sick right before the Niners game. I actually started feeling sick the day before the Cowboys were in Philadelphia. That's like when Mm. this kind of started for me. Um, But so like I've gone through all sorts of treatments and like recommendations from people. What's your like, you're feeling down, you're down in the dumps from a sickness standpoint, not because the Eagles got embarrassed. Um, So like, what's your go-to move, soup, meal, drink, you know, bowl ice cream. What is it? Yeah. You touched on that there. I mean, I actually did not feel as bad as I usually would after a loss. Funny enough in terms of like related to the game, obviously mm. physically sick. Yes. That is, that's making me feel way worse. Um, you know, definitely a chicken noodle soup. I've talked, we've talked about that. Oh, that's right. Basic, but it works. Uh, like a tea as well. A nice, a hot tea can be, I think relaxing. And especially if obviously you're having like some kind of throat thing, which I'm, I'm not thankfully, at least knock on wood at this point. But uh, I don't know. No one cares. Um, Wow. Um, I saw on Reddit, it was the first time since the launch of the New Heights podcast between the Kelsey brothers that they both lost in the same week. Did you know this? (laughs) Jeez. Uh, That does make sense to me. I believe. Yeah. It It was kind of funny. Like, it was one of those, like, obvious, but still like, oh, cool. Like, I hadn't totally realized that. Um, So there's a lot to unpack. We do have to go in divisional order, uh, which is on the line. Starting with the 49ers. Well, um, that that is on the line this week. And by the way, before we get into everything, we should mention at the very top that this is the first of two NFC East mixtapes this week. Uh, If you're watching, you can see uh, our banner at the bottom here. But we will have a live show for you on Thursday 
evening uh, in parallel with Thursday Night Football. Coincidentally, Brandon, um, the last time we did this, uh, it was in parallel with the Pittsburgh Steelers Thursday Night Football game, just like it will be this week. Why are the Steelers on Thursday Night Football twice? Well, it's because we're talking about partly the Eagles. And at one point in time, the Steelers and the Eagles were the same team. They called themselves the Steagles. Nobody knows this. It has to be shoved down our throats at every opportunity. My head hurts so much. And that makes it so much worse. Um, yeah, so live show this Thursday evening. Um, we'll do all, I would say not all, but most of our previewing for Sunday's Cowboys-Eagles game in that episode. This, um, you know, These are always interesting weeks around here. Uh, so this will be more of a look back at what happened, obviously, um, on Sunday afternoon. And so we do go in divisional order, as mentioned. That means we start with the Philadelphia Eagles, who Brandon got humiliated on Sunday afternoon, 42 to 19, the final score. I saw one Eagles content creator tweet out the score of this game and the score of the Niners Cowboys game. That's right. Uh, as some sort of flex that the Eagles oh, scored no, nine more I mean, points. Obviously, uh, it's not. Because, because their head coach kept them in in garbage time, even after the quarterback was in concussion protocol and DeAndre, DeAndre Swift got sent into another dimension um this was a I mean a lot of people uh, not why I tweeted those scores. a lot of people thought this was possible maybe uh that, that even might be a strong word but um there was a lot of discussion about how the Niners were three-point favorites in Philadelphia you yourself said I love that bring it on etc cetera, etc cetera. and you know right. I'm a I'm a big believer and it is badass when in sports somebody can call their shot and prove it like Debo Samuel did. I know it's annoying when you're on your end of it right now, uh, but this was the Niners like cashing every check that they wrote in essence. They earned the right, no doubt, to cast it. Um, to, to, they backed up their trash talk. Just like the Eagles winning against the Chiefs, though, a couple of weeks ago. It's not like, okay, the Eagles won the Super Bowl retroactively now. The 49ers mm-hmm. did, in fact, not actually mm-hmm. retroactively win the NFC championship game just because they won this game just mm-hmm. for the record. Uh, in any case though, um, yeah, nothing bad to say about the 49ers. They well, dominated. But, well, this, this was, you said Dom and there was an interruption in this game by somebody named Dom. And there's an interruption on the mixtape by somebody named Rob stats. Guerrero. I... You just stole my bit. <laughs> stats. Welcome to the mixtape. I asked that if this was going to happen, so I saw this coming. To be fair, when you asked me, RJ had not asked me to appear on this show. I I figured that he still might afterwards. I did not, like, rule it out that you were not going to come on just because, I mean, obviously he's going to do it because I did the same thing to you. And and just like RJ said. Drop kick Go off, King. When you you say you have nothing bad to say about the 49ers, what bad could there possibly be to say? That would be my question to you. I mean – I exactly right. That's my point. I, I'm not right. arguing okay. with you. What's the point yeah, of contention? That's, that's as long as we're clear. And I agree. This doesn't mean anything about last year. <laughs> there's, a, there's nothing we could change about last year. But it does mean that the, in the two games the 49ers have faced against the biggest, baddest competition in the NFC, they have dusted yep. the competition. 84 points in those games. And this game was comically bad. I mean, the Niners put up 462 yards of offense in three quarters. It was, they were unstoppable on Sunday. And I have said it, when they play their best, nobody is beating them. Nobody. They are the eighth best team through 12 games by DVOA. I saw that today from football, well, FTN Fantasy, formerly Football Outsiders. So, yeah, I mean, it was weird, too, because the Eagles got off to, like, a good-ish start. Um, They outcame the 49ers, like, what, 124 to negative six? Yeah, whatever it was. The first two drives. So it was like, oh. 
maybe the Eagles are going to like, you know, like there were encouraging early signs other than obviously the Eagles settling for two field goals. That certainly did not feel good. I did not feel good about that when they were only up 6-0. And then from there, just it wasn't a game. It looked like it might have been a game when that sideline accident, incident, whatever you want to call it, happened. Accident. Um, not accident. It, it looked like, you know, oh, that might be like a rallying point. But then the 49ers just responded with the uh, third or fourth of their six straight consecutive touchdown drive. So, yeah. Um, and that's that's what a great team does. There, it looks like it was going to let you go stats. But it's like a great team, you know, has the, the game looks like it's in the balance and they just shut the door. I thought the biggest play of the game actually came on. So the Eagles score following the whole incident with Big Dom. And it's a one-score game. It's 21-13 at that point. First play of that Niners possession, Brock Purdy gets sacked. And the crowd is going nuts, right? This is like, here we go. It's third and seven. Crowd's going crazy. Niners go three and out there. They kick back to the Eagles. It's like, oh, my God, here comes Philly. Here comes the big comeback. And instead, Brock Purdy drops back, scans, goes left to right, throws from the outside hash mark all the way across the field to Brandon Ayuk on a comeback for like Who did he beat? He beat Darius Slay, I believe, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, and yep. it was, that was massive. Two plays later, Debo has the 48-yard touchdown, and it's a two-score game again. But that third down, I thought, was underrated in terms of how important it was for the Niners. Well, that also, one, and also right, the right. one on the the first convert, they had only had negative plays until the one on, well, it was actually a second down pass from Purdy to Ayuk that set up a third and short, and then they converted yes. that, and that was the 49ers' first touchdown drive. Also surrendered by big play Slay. So, oh, um, yeah. I would were big plays. I would offer um, on the flip side of things, like if we're talking about maybe not big plays, but like seismic plays, the Jalen Hurts slip on third down. Like, like yeah. when when he was, you know, it, it just felt like, oh my gosh, something's going to break up and something's going to like it's it's about to work out, and to just kind of slip and fall and then have to settle. Uh, really, kind of felt like, man, they are missing the chance to take advantage of San Francisco not finding themselves. Stats, you seem like you have something you want to say. What was that? He, he's sitting there directing traffic and he just falls down. I mean, to get sacked by Javon Kinlaw, you basically have to just fall down. I mean, it, it, I'm not excusing it. It was a terrible play. It did rain. So I'm guessing that I guess it was a wet field, but you can't fall there. I mean, that's a terrible play. It can't happen. <laughs> why? That the field is now a concern again. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, I mean, I, it, I think that's why he fell, but I'm not saying it's excusable. I'm just, you're looking for a reason. I think that's how it happened. I could be wrong. Correct me if I'm wrong here, BLG, but. I only counted one quarterback draw from Jalen Hurts in the game, and it actually came. It was the first play after the whole sideline interaction. They tried to run a quarterback draw with Hurts in the red zone, and it got stopped for their negative play or no gain. I was really expecting them to do that more, and I was worried about it. And it just seemed like, for whatever reason, there were not a ton of designed runs for Jalen Hurts in the game plan. Yeah, I mean, his health has been a thing all year in terms of not. He's just totally not the same player he was last year in terms of running ability and health and everything. So I guess that's part of it. I did not expect him to have a big game on the ground as RJ can attest to. I took the under for our, our DraftKings same game parlay that um, failed to hit because Steven started to let us down once again. Uh, <laughs> although I guess he, he has been doing better than you stats because we actually hit some this year. We've hit. Yeah, what, I, don't, how many? I don't know if you know that stats. We hit two in a row um, prior to the black Friday game. And after going uh, oh for what 20 or whatever it was last year. <laughs> And um, and Stephen had um, was it was it was the over on Brees Hall receiving yards in that game, and it was like twenty five and a half, and he had like twenty four yards. It was like painfully close. And then um, last week, as mentioned, Brandon took the under on Hurts. I think it was like forty four and a half rushing yards. I want to say 
Um, and I took the Niners race to 10. So we both hit. Steven took AJ Brown anytime scorer. Uh, but, you know, Charvarius Ward said, not today, not in my house. Boom. It was it was <laughs> stunning to me what the 49ers did in that game. I mean, six straight touchdowns. They hadn't done that as a team since 1992. So we're talking 31 years pretty much since that happened. It was it was a destruction. And honestly, like I've had a lot of Eagles fans up in my mentions talking about, you know, well, we'll see you in the NFC championship game. And all I want to know is like, are you sure you're going to be there? We'll be there. Are you sure you're going to be there? That's what I want to know. Well, stats. Actually, let me ask you a question. Um, I don't know if that was a question to Brandon or just like a spit in the face. Um, I'd be fine with it either way. By the way, how'd that 92 season end? Anyway, um, you have thrown a lot of flowers, and understandably so, in the direction of the Eagles. Um, you've said before, like, they're a machine. They're unflappable. That's the exact word you've used. Um, has your opinion changed on the Eagles as a result of this game, at least as it relates to a matchup against San Francisco specifically, but maybe in the overall, I don't know if you're just being silly. I mean, obviously they're a talented team, but you know, do you believe they're unquestionably the second best team in the NFC if they're behind San Francisco? Unquestionably? No. I mean, I'll, I'll feel differently after this Cowboys game this week coming up. I would say this about the Eagles and my opinion on them. Remember that movie, happy Gilmore, when he's a terrible putter. That movie that yeah. no one's heard of. I was <laughs> hey, why do you say like that movie? Yeah, like like you were referencing something obscure. <laughs> it's pretty old by now, I'm just saying. But anyway, he's a terrible putter if you don't know. And then he makes a hole in one on a par four and he's walking down the course and he's like, Man, that's so much easier than putting. I feel like that's how the 49ers solved the Eagles' unflappability. Just be up by multiple scores in the fourth quarter, and then they can't possibly come back. It, the tighter that game was, the more nervous I was. And so the Niners kind of took that that card away from them because they weren't close enough in the game to be able to pull it out at the end. I do wonder, like, I don't I don't think the Eagles win that game just because, like, if they, let's say they score at least one touchdown, one of those first two drives. But I do wonder if it changes, like, the vibe or the flow of things at all. Uh, maybe not. I just, I, I wonder. I wonder about that alternate world. Um, I do want to ask you a question, Stats, because I don't think this is, like, the only reason they lost the game. But I also do not think it's irrelevant that the Eagles had this rest disadvantage, which was significant <sighs> coming from, well, you play in a short week against the Bills. I'm not saying this is like you have to lose because of this, but it is un inarguably a disadvantage. Now you have to overcome these disadvantages, but they went from Monday to Sunday against the Bills and then played overtime against them. The defense played like 90 something snaps between mm -hmm. the Chiefs and the Bills game. The defense played literally the equivalent of like three games. So not great and then have to face the 49ers who are coming off the mini buy, Not great. And then the Cowboys this week, mini buy, not great. Um, but I know you had mentioned stats on Twitter that the 49ers have actually had a significant rest, the, the biggest rest disadvantage in the NFL this year, according to um, Warren Sharp's charting. Now, I will say, do you know, I mean, I've been meaning to ask you offline, how that was spread out i'm genuinely asking because for the eagles it's obviously all stacked together here against like the most important games of the year so that's not ideal <laughs> is that the same for the 49ers or is that different so they play five games this season with a rest disadvantage that was the most in the nfl uh, i know the eagles were talking a lot about you know they played three games in what was it 14 days something 13. like that 13 the niners played three games in 15 days mm -hmm. so you know I'm just saying it was, I think it was a factor. Yes. And I think you saw that in Kyle Shanahan's game plan. Basically it was make them chase us. Yeah. We saw they couldn't tackle. Their tackling was like worse than it's ever been. They defense, just, they could, defense couldn't get a stop after the first two drives. They looked gassed. Again, I'm not saying it's like the reason they lost, but it definitely, it was not an insignificant factor. 
just to be clear, like for literal sake, because I get mad about this when people complain, Cowboys fans complain about the like going from Sunday to Thanksgiving to Thursday after. Um, every NFL team plays three games in 14 days, like conventionally, when you go Sunday to Sunday to Sunday. So like, you know, the idea that like one day is like this seismic difference is whatever. But to your point, Brandon, um, the Thanksgiving Day teams, because that's where the Niners were coming off of, the mm -hmm. Lions won in week 13, the Packers beat the Chiefs, obviously, on Sunday Night Football. The Cowboys and Seahawks had a bit of a push, obviously, because they were both playing in that game. Right. Uh, the Commanders <clears throat> lost because they stink, and the 49ers <laughs> obviously won, so. Yeah, and I think it has to be a factor. I was talking about it all week. These people are human beings. And to be on the field for an hour and 12 minutes the last two weeks before facing the 49ers, like you, I expected the Niners to be able to break some tackles in this game because it's, it matters. It absolutely matters. When the Niners lost three straight, the first thing Kyle Shanahan said going into the bye week was, <laughs> what, what, what is that? What? What was that? Thumb? A, no, I've seen that before. Wait, well, how did the, when did I do that before? I did that somewhere. What, and that happened, what happened? Did you not That's see that? That's a thumbs stuff? up, and the, there's a thumbs up bubble that came out of his mouth. Yeah, yeah. When, when people give you a like, it uh, it does that. But we're not live anywhere. No, you no stats. You did a thumbs up, and it yeah. made a bubble. I've like, done that before somewhere. Yeah. I forget, where was that? Where was that? Stats, I, oh, look again on your face, stats. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I, was, I didn't know that. That sorry was sorry to thing. interrupt you, but that was just very yeah, funny that, was, that just popped up. <laughs> I got worried because I thought we were, I mean, you know, it, it would have, I guess, not been the end of the world, but like I got, because we're supposed to be recording this. So I was like, <laughs> are we live somewhere? Uh, that was weird how that happened. I thought that was only a thing for live recordings. I right. had no idea. That's weird because I just, yeah, I'll throw up a thumb, you know, for emphasis or whatever. <laughs> but, but yeah, uh, Kyle Shanahan said when the Niners lost three straight going into the bye, we're tired. We're just exhausted. And that's why we didn't look as good. And I think the same thing happened to the Eagles. It definitely didn't help, obviously, Brandon, that the Bills took the Eagles to overtime and that that was such a you know lengthy game in terms of you know how much game was played. Obviously, that I think that was more of a of a bad luck draw than the schedule. Well, part of it's the Eagles' fault, to be clear, for like you know not taking care of business and getting your starters out. I'm not saying it's all just bad luck, but I'm, the scheduling is a little bad luck in terms of again rest disadvantage three straight weeks in a row and very big games. Mm. Um, okay, I would like to ask each of you to answer this question. It's a two-part answer. Um, it's really just two answers that you have to give. Um, Stats, you are, I guess you can go first. What do you think about the Niners and or Eagles that you didn't think before Sunday's game? So you have to give us two answers. It can be one Niners, one Eagles, both Niners, both Eagles, whatever you want. I didn't think the Niners offense was going to be able to move the ball that well against the Eagles. And I think that if they played again and the Eagles had more of a rest, I still think the Niners would have maybe not as much success, not six straight touchdowns, but I, I was so much more fearful of the Eagles defense before this game than I will be if they play again. BLG. What's the, I don't understand the question. What's the question? What are two things you think that you didn't think on Sunday morning? And again, those they could be positive, negative takeaways for either team that were involved in this. Well, game. I mean, obviously, it's like you know, inarguable 49ers top team in the conference now. There's no dispute. I think that was NFL. Dude. I don't. There's not an sure, AFC right. team that can hang with them. Well, I mean, I was yeah. I'm not really care about the AFC, but yes, to, yes, to that point, yes. Wow, tough scene. I think it was more AFC. arguable, you know, before that, you know, because you could, if you want to expand it to the NFL, you could say the Ravens, you could say the Eagles, whatever. Um, that's now inarguable. I don't think this game means I'm out on the, the Eagles all of a sudden because I look back at my preseason, you know, win-loss record prediction for the Eagles. I had them at nine and three. They're ten and two. So like I'm not gonna be like, oh, the season is over now. They still they still could very well get the one seed. They are the favorites to get the one seed at this they point. Could now lose they have... This week and still have significant right. control and towards the now one seed. that feels terrible. I'm not saying like that's a good thing. 
But I mean, I'm still not like I, I shouldn't need to say this after a ten and two start, but I'm not ready to give up on the season. If the uh, Eagles lose this week and the Niners win, the Niners are the one seed. That's fair, but that's Correct. why I said could they could still con- they could lose on Sunday. The the Eagles could and still control their fate. Yeah, they, the, the Eagles. Team. Well, the Eagles would. Yeah, yes, need the 49ers to drop one more game at that point, and they play the Ravens. So who knows? But uh, we'll Christmas see. Too. That's going to be. Well, that's going to. Do be you? I have a question for you, stats. While you're here, do you think the 49ers win out? No. In fact, I would not be shocked if they lost one of the next two games. They have hmm. Seahawks and Cardinals coming up. And then after the Cardinals is that Ravens game on Christmas. So I could see them maybe, maybe they'll get up for the Seahawks game. Although I think it'll be tough because we know emotionally they were clearly invested in this Philly game. But I could see them dropping either the Seattle game or the Arizona game just because they're going to come in kind of half-assed, you know, feeling themselves. And I wouldn't be shocked if it happens. I don't think they're going to win out. I mean, Look, last year they went into the playoffs on a 10-game winning streak. If they won out this year, it'd be a nine-game winning streak. I think the odds that that happens two games in a row are pretty crazy. Although I will say, Brock Purdy, Christian McCaffrey, and Debo Samuel, in games that they have finished, the Niners are 16-0. and um, I asked Kyle Posey about this. I think two of those 16 games, or maybe if it's 17 if it includes the playoffs, or 18, I guess, um, or maybe not 18 because of the title game last year, but I think that two of those games are against the Cowboys in the divisional round last year. And then obviously the matchup earlier in the regular season, like, and those games haven't been close, at least for my team. You know what I mean? Like they're a monster when they're all involved and they finish the game to your point. I ha- I want to ask you both a question while you're both here, uh, because the Seahawks now play a funny role in the one seed, right? Because the Cowboys just beat them. They visit the uh, the 49ers on Sunday stats and they host the Eagles next week. BLG are either of you more fearful of the Seahawks throwing a wrench into your team's plans than you were before last Thursday night. Because I think last Thursday afternoon, we were like, oh, the Seahawks, like, pff, whatever. They were impressive. Um, at least they were, they were impressive to me. Uh, so are, I disagree. Like, okay. So you're you're not more afraid of Seattle than you were a week ago. Well, I'm afraid of the matchup in terms of, the again, the Eagles are coming off of, so they'll be coming off the Cowboys game at that point. And then, you know, so flying to Dallas, having to fly back to Philly, having to well, go all the way back, back to Seattle. They for the, the Seahawks game, no. That does help, but I mean, still, I mean, like, it's not great to have to go across, like, back and forth the country like that. Um, so the, the situation is, you know, I'm not going to say it's like an easy path, but I mean, Gino stinks, dude. Like, the Seahawks could have had that game. He stinks. He choked that game away. He was terrible at the end of that game. He threw the makeable throws that he's kept missing. He stunk at the end. The, the Seahawks had that game and they just blew it. And I do not. And now, obviously, they were more competitive than I thought they were going to be. But I'm, I'm not fearful of them all of a sudden. And I think Mookie's take that, though, they can beat the Eagles now because they blew the game like that is pathetic. <laughs> I don't know if I told you stats, but yeah, Mookie uh, messaged me right after Thursday night and said, this gave me confidence that we talk about the Seahawks Why? and beat the Eagles. Because Gino can blow it again against the Eagles? Okay, great. Okay, okay stats, answer the question, please. Are you more afraid of the Seahawks now? I mean, it's a division game, so that always gives you pause. But the 49ers have played the Seahawks four times. The last four meetings, they've outscored them 120 to 54. So, you know, am I worried? Not really. I'm agreeing on on Geno Smith. I don't think Geno is any good. I think Geno has not been good the second half of last year. I think his performance has really dropped off. DK Metcalf, like, just gets me out. I hate what's going on with DK Metcalf. I don't know what's, what's up there. But no, I just, no. Am I fearful? No. You got to, you know, it's like that scene in Watchmen with Rorschach when he's in prison. 
I'm not locked in here with you. You're locked in here with me. You got to play the 49ers. If anybody's fearful, it's going to be the Seahawks. Um, yeah, I've never seen Watchmen, so that mm. reference is lost on me. It's a good one. Yeah. Dude, come on. Um, yeah, you would like it. How you're like a superhero guy too. Why wouldn't you not watch that one? I mean, I have some. I feel like I'm like Mr. Pop Culture, but I have some pretty, you know, embarrassing uh, <laughs> holes in my game. Uh, so I feel I'm like okay I'm Mr. Pop that. Culture. Um, this is this final stretch between these three teams going to come down to a lot of birds. Obviously, the Eagles themselves. Uh, both teams, uh, your two teams at least, played the Cardinals uh, before the season is over. Not that anybody like really believes in them, but still. And the Cowboys lost to them, which is a factor. Uh, the Seahawks, who we just mentioned. And whoever doesn't win the NFC East is very likely going to visit a different bird in the Atlanta Falcons. So, um, yeah. And the Niners have the Ravens. That, that's always my other yep. point. That's right. Um, are we missing a bird team? No. There's too many bird teams. Yeah. it's There's too many bird teams, which makes the idea of one team referring to themselves as the birds incredibly narcissistic. So. Can I ask a question to you, BLG? Since the guy who uh, dubs his team America's team. <laughs> I dubbed them that. Correct. <laughs> what is your opinion on the whole big dom incident with Dre greenlaw because i want to know if you're a rational eagles fan or if i want to oh, know brother. if you're a crazy person. i mean i think the thing is it doesn't matter like you like 49ers fans like want him to be like expelled from the <laughs> you literally won't even notice if he is or isn't so like who cares first of all second of all the way i saw it and obviously you're gonna think i'm biased but honestly i don't care like, i don't care about big, i don't root for big dom i mean <laughs> he seems cool i from my personal interactions with him have been few but like nice guy um I think my honest take of the video is he was trying to de-escalate a situation and people are acting like he touched a player. Oh my gosh. He, he tried to initiate physicality. He, he was trying to defuse a fight. That is the reality of the situation. That is not putting hands on a player with intent to like start something up. Why is he touching any player on the field because he's trying he to just easy yeah, break up a that's fight not his job okay that's sorry for breaking up a fight well, let's yeah. encourage the fight let's actually fan the flames and make the flight that's not what stats is saying stats point is simple in that that's not his job so why is he assuming it to be his job well we don't need big dom to break up a fight get your hands off one of our all pro linebacker Get the hell away from the field. You're all pro linebacker who has a history of getting ejected and like committing personal fouls. I'm sure I'm sure he didn't start trouble or, or instigate anything. No, that's in the preview he, podcast he, he, on his network literally said like Dre Greenlaw is the most likely player to get ejected from this game. It was and then a, it happened. It was a flagrant penalty on Devontae Smith. Nobody is like diminishing that with this point, but like I stats, we the three of us know each other. But whatever, very fine. Well. You're right. Okay, I don't care. You're right. Whatever. Like I there's no nothing. What is to be gained just, in this argument? Why is I don't this care. Guy like everyone's like, oh, he's so beloved. It's like, who cares? He screwed up. Doesn't make him a bad guy. I don't think but he, he screwed up, but whatever. We disagree. Well, first of all, the NFL has to suspend him because you can't have teams hiring okay, these sponsors right. to go. That makes and no difference. In. Like, cool. No, because you can't have teams hiring these guys to try and instigate stuff. There he did no not instigate anything. Yes, he did. He put oh his hands on Greenlaw first. Oh he put gosh. his hands on Greenlaw first. Does Dre Greenlaw even interact with Big Dom at all if he doesn't? All right, I'm done. I'm done with this. It just doesn't matter. Who cares? Uh, it was funny that one of those floating keep talking about it up, if you like want. in the middle of this passioned argument. Um, impassioned? Passioned? I don't know. Uh, stats? Because it doesn't matter. Who cares? It does matter. It it, okay, he's suspended. Do you feel happy now? 
I feel yeah, like, what I feel is, satisfied okay, knowing that that Congrats. won't happen again because Congrats. because yeah. his his presence. Will you even know? Will you even know if he's there or not no, on the well, sideline? You asked ask the question. Do you want to? Will answer? you know if he's there or not? I will yes, know. No. I will know that there's no threat of a player being ejected oh, from oh, no. Big Dom escalating oh, oh, the situation. Oh no, Big Dom! Oh no, he's so scared. Oh no! If it was no big deal, why did he leave to a chorus of cheers? Why was he hailed as a hero? Especially on the broadcast. I don't know if oh you've heard it God. since then, but the broadcast went nuts about this situation. We lost. Well, I didn't hear the broadcast, so I can't speak to that. Oh, uh, it was actually this was one of the only things that ever made me believe that the NFL is scripted. Uh, because the stats can well, no, hear me out. Uh, so but like I would say like an hour before in real time, uh Kevin Burkhardt and Greg Olson talked about how the night before they had gone out to dinner in Philadelphia and that they had gone out on the suggest like the place they went to was suggested they were like by the Eagles head of security big dom yep. cool guy like again like how often have you ever heard the broadcast reference somebody like that and then have them play this major role in the game well, it, like, it, it was it was like a WWE sort of storyline that's well there's that and there's also the fact that they just released big dom shirts as the Eagles organization to raise and money for Eagles autism foundation so it's all for charity great. but like so had, actually had the Eagles... big dom 3D chess raising money for charity great guy <laughs> fantastic and if you that's disagree great. then you hate charity that's not true He's doing it um, all for the kids if if the shoe had been on the other foot this is what i was going to ask stats and if i don't know if if jalen hurts had been ejected or whoever you would be throwing a fit over whoever the like security guard was in question you would say okay. like how ridiculously sure. it, un it was not a one-for-one -one yes. ejection that dre greenlaw who's a significant you know impact on the field was taken out of the game and big dom who to your point is irrelevant in terms of his presence well it's sort of a loophole in the rules because the vp of officiating was saying like when they review the whole incident they can't tell the refs to throw a penalty on the Eagles sideline because you they can only tell them to throw a penalty on a coach or yeah a that's player. weird so they were powerless to do. I mean, they ejected him, yes, but they couldn't penalize the Eagles for that in that spot. Now, the refs on the field could have penalized the Eagles sideline, right. but they didn't. And so there was nothing that they could do after the fact yeah. except throw him out. It is funny how the yeah, NFL acts like um, there's these like inconquerable forces when it comes like, oh, well, that's an unreviewable penalty or unreviewable thing. So no, like, wait, our, like, our hands are tied. Like, we really can't do anything here, guys. Like. Sorry, uh, you know, like the whole world, I mean, not even using this example, but like, you know how like some things aren't reviewable or challengeable. It's like, oh, sorry, you know, um, it is what it is. By the way, as this happened, or this conversation in real time, Doug Peterson announced that Trevor Lawrence only has a right hand ankle sprain. So good news for the NFL. That guy's made out of vibranium. Oh, my God. Um, everybody can listen to stats. And if you're an Eagles fan, you can go uh, get more upset about his takes over on the Gold Standard Network. Uh, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube stats. Plug away. Plug, 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 plug. Yes, thank you very much. Gold Standard YouTube channel, Gold Standard 49ers Podcast Network. Uh, we do shows every day. We go live on YouTube every single day. I love going across the aisle, so to speak, and talking to people from the Niners opponent. BLG, you obviously joined us last week. Niners play the Seahawks this week. I'm going to talk with Steve Rabel their radio voice, whose voice has haunted me over the past decade of him calling Russell Wilson crazy-ass plays. But uh, that'll be a fun conversation uh, a little later today. So please like and subscribe, and you can follow me on all the socials at Stats on Fire. Stats, before you leave, um, BLG, I did prompt him several times to have a song ready for today. Uh, yes. So what do you want to add? This is like your fourth song or third or fourth song that you've added to our playlist, Stats. You had a lot of time to prepare for this, so this better be good. Okay, so I'm, you know, listening to the Christmas music because it's the holiday season. So I'm going to go with a, a Christmas carol, Text Me Merry Christmas by Straight No Chaser and Kristen Bell. It is, it is a bop. Entirely acapella, even though Kristen Bell's on it? 
Uh, pretty much, yeah. Okay. All right. Respect. Can you text me that actually? So I, because I will forget um, before we get out of here. So yes, I will text Making you. Making them do more work. Text me Merry Christmas. Sure. That's 42 to 19. Say it again and then leave. Yeah. 42 to 19, baby. Let's go, Niners. More competitive game than the 49ers Cowboys game. This is embarrassing for you. All right. Let's take a break. And then when we come back, we'll talk about America's team. Welcome back. The red, white, and blue represents the Dallas Cowboys and their 41 to 35 win over the Seattle Seahawks. It was a bad week to be a green bird, basically, um, you know, in the NFC East as it relates. Um, did not like the Seahawks throwbacks uniforms in this what? game. No, they're they're a great look, but it was too much royal blue because of the Cowboys. I thought uh, it, it looks cool though. I thought it looked no, cool because of that. I, I wanted like, like a want... Cowboys practice, I guess. That's what I'm saying. Like it was it was a lot happening visually. Um, so if you want to wear them against like the Niners, I think that'd be a great look. Um, but yeah. for this specific they're game, really good um, yeah. on their own. They're really they're really good. Totally agreed. Uh, anyway, so truth be told, like hand, you know. Uh, cards on the, I was gonna say hands on the cards uh hands up cards on the table I was terrified and <laughs> at halftime I was like oh my gosh it was like the 500 team thing is gonna be so annoying if they lose this game uh but Dak Prescott showed up on a night where the defense really failed him um you have heard me kind of come for Dan Quinn in the past um when everybody wants to act like he's perfect and infallible I mean, the Seahawks offense, and this is why I completely understand you and stats like not being scared of them. They had been terrible. They, I mean, they had been awful before this game. I think the stat that was going around, they hadn't scored an offensive touchdown in seven straight quarters. And they show up and like, boom, the DK Metcalf 73-yard touchdown. Okay, fine. Like you're thinking like, okay, well, they got one. You know what I mean? Like he's he's a beast. Like that's going to happen. But they just kept going over and over and over at Deron Bland. It's a really tough scene mm. on the day he was crowned NFC Defensive Player of the Month for November. And you were just kind of feeling like this is where it was all going to fall apart. But again, Dak Prescott, well in the MVP conversation, played like it, put the team on his back. Cowboys didn't punt a single time. They did have a failed fourth down conversion uh, when C.D. Lamb dropped it. But really impressive game from Dak, from C.D. Uh, and the defense did stand up tall at the very end when it mattered the most. But um, certainly a concerning thing as it relates to the path moving forward. Yeah, I think the difference in this game was the quarterbacks ultimately. Like Dak made the plays, came through for his team, and Gino, I think, wilted. He, he absolutely crumbled down the stretch. Seahawks offense as a whole. Um, very unfortunate they couldn't do the brotherly shove and their fourth and one situation got stopped there. Cowboys defense, you know, made those key plays on fourth down. But yeah, I mean, my takeaway at the end there, and obviously, you know, he had a good game up to that point. Or enough to be it was, to put up 35 points. I know you're hating on Gino, and I understand the end was terrible. It was an elite game to that point. Like, it, like he did will. That's fine. But, but, but you're it, defined it, by winning or, winning or losing, and you crumbled. Saying, he absolutely crumbled. I, I he he made both throws saying, that he missed. It, it was an amazing game until the very end. But that's the difference. And uh, yeah, so I think, that, I mean, the, the Seahawks had this game. They, I think it was when they were up, and they have a drive when they're up eight or up five, maybe at one point at the end. And it's like, if you're going to win the game, you have to at least get a field goal here. But you like this is where if you're a good team, you get a touchdown, you end the game. You put the game out of reach, and they just kept letting the Cowboys hang around, and the Cowboys took advantage of it. Um, a lot of people had issues with the way Mike McCarthy handled the end of this game. Um, it's been a while now because the game was on Thursday, but um, Cowboys, you know, third and short, um, 
in obviously, you know, in a situation they wanted to go up and, and go up two scores and kind of, you know, really put the game away. Uh, McCarthy went deep to the end zone, didn't work out. They had to settle, made it a six point game, gave Seattle the ball back technically uh, in a bit of a you know stressful situation. The Lions had a similar situation on Sunday against the Saints and the conversion worked. And so, you know, you look at that, you're like, oh, there you go. Being aggressive. Like I would much rather live on that end of the spectrum. Like I, I would much rather my, I'm not saying, I'm not saying it's the greatest like play call of all time, but I am very happy that Mike McCarthy is an aggressive play caller. I, I want that, especially when you have an MVP caliber quarterback, one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. Like I like that McCarthy is believing in that over anything else, especially on a night where the defense was horrible. I don't know how you leave Micah Parsons unblocked on the final play. I don't care what scheme or what. It's literally yeah, it, the best player. You can't have him unblocked. <laughs> like, it's that simple. It's uh, Sometimes people like to overcomplicate football. Actually, just match up. It's Micah Parsons. Have someone put their hands on him. And if they don't, what are you doing? That's an embarrassing failure. Um, a lot of Cowboys takes over the last almost week now have been – um, obviously gratitude that it worked out the way that it did uh, and that it was really nice. This was, you know, I said before, the only time the Cowboys had a, a fight go all 10 rounds was the Chargers win that they had, uh, but obviously a much lower scoring game. And in that game, I really, I don't know if you remember, criticized Mike McCarthy for how he handled the end of the first half. Uh, he just took a knee um, near the end of the first, or, or kicked the field goal. He had like 18 seconds and didn't even try for the end zone. I was really upset. Um, so this was a very different thing in that the Cowboys trailed and trailed. You mentioned they trailed by five. They trailed by eight early on. I wouldn't say midway through because of, you know, coming out of the half and then the Seahawks touchdown. Um, this was the first, like, you know, it, again, not, I would say the Chargers fight went 10 rounds, but just because nobody really won it, the Seahawks were winning. Like the Seahawks were landing some uppercuts and some blows and, and, and really roughed the Cowboys up. This was the first time Dallas has trailed at AT&T stadium all season long. And they trailed multiple times. Um, so the fact that Dallas was able to kind of withstand what was, I think, and arguably Seattle's best shot of the season um, and hold on for the win. That was a win that they just, I mean, we've seen the Cowboys have in the past, but they just haven't been in a position to get this season in, you know, specifically. I think it was a really good win for them in terms of, you know, okay, you're beating up on a bunch of bad teams. What does it really mean? Okay. I don't think the Seahawks are great, but they're definitely, you know, you know, above they're above average team. So, um, and to be able to be in that spot and to rally, I think that is, that matters for building character, for building belief, um, it's something you can build on moving forward. I, I wouldn't like, I know they gave up 35 points here, but like, I, I don't really, that doesn't worry me. I think sometimes games just get away. Like game, there's just certain game scripts or certain games. So I don't like like over-unders or making too much of like a game like this. I just think sometimes a game gets like this. Also, there's games that get really ugly. I don't think it means that the Cowboys defense is a, a, a big issue all of a sudden now. It's just how the game was going. Not a big issue, but definitely not. Um, you know, the, there was a time where I thought like, oh man, they're going to set like some historic marks this season. Like they're not, I mean, they're very, very, very good. Uh, but I don't know that I think they're top two in the NFL. Like maybe that's their ceiling. Certainly like they can challenge, they can, they can have great games and great performances, but they're mm -hmm. cl there's clearly a difference between them and, and whoever you believe to be the best defense in the NFL right now. Um, the Ravens. Yeah. Ravens. I know the Browns have had their moment. Chiefs, it's a little, bit, a little tougher. Up there. Yeah. Chiefs were up there. Um, so, but I mean, you know, it's it's weird and um, weirdly so. I don't know if you've seen this. Uh, Micah Parsons is now significantly the favorite to win Defensive Player of the Year, and some of that I think is um, you know odds makers adjusting for the Browns and how they're kind of fading. Um, and obviously, you know, Miles Garrett's on that team. You kind of have to be on a team with success to win awards like this. Um, and Deron Bland is a is a contender, but Micah Parsons is kind of the face. Micah also has the like 
oh, he's never won it, you know, and he kind of, you know, deserves a thing that, you know, like TJ Watts wanted or Nick Bosa's wanted. You get my point. Mm. Um, like sometimes, you know, odds makers or award voters like want to give the dude who doesn't have and whatever. Um, so that's weird to me. I mean, but weird, but also logical because he, Micah was amazing in this game, even though the Cowboys defense struggled. Uh, Micah just continued to be a perennial force the way he always has been. All right. Anything else about this Cowboys game? Um, they survived their, you know, rest. I don't want to call it gauntlet, but um, it is a tough thing for them. I like I I get upset when Cowboys fans get mad about the three games in twelve days thing. Um, but it is difficult because, like Stat said, players are human. So when they go Sunday to Thanksgiving to Thursday, it is a very tight, you know, thing. Um, so the fact that they won all those games is really impressive, and they're nine and three now. And that's what Mike McCarthy does. Since I don't know if you saw it, I tweeted this on what's today, Tuesday. Um, since 2021, which is the Nick Sirianni era, um, the team with the most wins in the NFL is the Chiefs with 34. The Cowboys and Eagles are tied for second with 33. So they're going to be a playoff team again. And that hasn't been the case for three years in a row in a very long time. The Giants are third still, right? Uh, but they were on by, so we can't really talk about a game. We're reviewing Um the the most that seems to be going on with them is Terod Taylor going to be back from IR. I've seen some conversation at Big Blue View. Like, who should it be? Should it be Terod? Should it be um, Tommy DeVito? What do you while think? we were while we were talking with stats, uh, it was reported that um, Brian Dable said Tommy DeVito is going to start this week. Oh, okay. Night Football. So at the very least, this week it's it's the Tommy DeVito show. I think. Um, I mean, they should stick with him, right? Your, your season's lost. In theory, like Tommy DeVito might be. A credible backup and that's valuable to have for the future if he can prove he's a good number two then great what are you gonna I mean, learn by playing tarot i mean to that point like you know we're talking a day after the Bengals game like you know would you have rather played jake browning or cj beathard you know what i mean like you you know like i mean you have joe burrow in this particular example so like it's not a conversation for you but like you know that cj beathard's not it you know what i mean right versus like jake browning like has lottery ticket potential and it kind of worked out at least on monday night by mm-hmm. the way um i thought about this I didn't know this, um, but so the Niners um, had C.J. Beathard on their roster, and the Jaguars obviously signed him. That yielded a seventh-round compensatory pick that became Brock Purdy. So could you argue that Doug Peterson set up the Eagles' downfall? (laughs) (laughs) I was so excited when I... (laughs) When I realized that I'm during the game on Monday night, I was so excited to bring this up to you. So um, right. I've gotten what I wanted out of that. Um, but let's move on. The uh, the commanders had no shot, dude. Um, man. Um, I'm upset I didn't take them for my lock of the week. I overthought it. Um, yeah, they had absolutely no shot. Um, the Dolphins boat raced them, 45 to 15. If there is has ever been a time in recent history for a non-quarterback to win MVP, it's Tyreek Hill. Um, but dude, you know, I mean, it's not shocking after look at what like CD lamb did against the commanders. Look at what AJ Brown did against, like, it's not shocking. It's, it was very predictable and the commanders are tanking like organizationally. I truly believe they are at this point. Um, you know, not the coaching staff, not the players necessarily, not their incentives, but I think that organizationally they are not trying to do all they can to win. And I think that's showing up here. And it's smart. It's smart for them in the long term. In the in the meantime, it's not the best feeling to get embarrassed, but whatever. Um, so Terry McLaurin had a really quiet day, and that was what a lot of people were talking about. And I was um, browsing the Commander subreddit, and I saw a point that actually made me proud of us. Uh, somebody said, 
I don't think he has ever recovered this season from the turf toe. Remember when Ron Rivera played him in the preseason and that yes. happened and we were like, this feels yeah. like something that could linger and that yeah. we could we could hear in the offseason like he never got right, whatever. Like Ron Rivera is so bad, dude. Like, I mean, he he is one of the worst coaches in the NFL. Like, it's it's not just that the results are there. By the way, um, their loss secured uh like nothing but losing seasons for Ron Rivera. He's this is his fourth season in Washington. They've all been below 500 seasons, even the NFC East title winning season in 2020 which is amazing um it's, it's it's hard to call it this because it was a unique thing and they were really in need of a, of a good human being and i certainly advocate for ron rivera in that sense but like in a football sense this has been a failure of a of an era the ron rivera time in washington i think it's been about what was expected originally in terms of he he made it so that in some seasons they weren't like the worst team in the nfl but it's not really I think it raised their floor a little bit at times. Obviously they did win the division, even though sub 500, but, um, and then, you know, they've, they haven't been the giants, which is not anything to say that's amazing, but it did make them more respectable than the giants have been, although they can't beat the giants. So, uh, yikes, but, um, win loss wise, they've been better than the giants have for a while. But and I always said, I'm not really worried about the commander's ceiling with Ron Rivera. There does seem to be Eric Bieniemy fatigue too you know it's hard to kind of separate him from that whole mess of a operation they have going on well because um, the sam howell stuff has cooled like you know what i mean like at least at first it was like oh at least oh, like sam howell is playing yeah. really well um you know maybe this maybe that but like now that that's cooled off it's like oh what Even what is commanders fans that were like we found guy he's the guy as of a couple of weeks ago and i think it's what three straight games he has a pick six now I mean, I hope he's the guy there because he's clearly not, you know, anything that is ultimately threatening. I mean, obviously, they don't have to move on from him. They can keep him around, but they have to do something more serious in terms of I, it feels like it's the prime opera. They're going to make a move. They're going to have to make a big splash because it's a new ownership. It's going to be a new head coach, new GM. Like they're going to want their guy and they're not going to just want to like sign someone, whoever, and inherit same hell they're going to want to make right. their own imprint um well it's it'll be interesting to see if that comes by way of the draft at present time and washington's on buy this week by the way the final buys of the season uh them in arizona um arizona holds the third overall pick in the draft and washington holds the fourth so they really need that buy uh this week but the giants have the seventh like washington's right there like maybe Jaden daniels ter territory but like i like i think it's pretty safe to say that new york is going to have to pay to go get a quarterback. I know we're talking about the commanders, yeah. here, but like they're, they're too low at this point in time. And especially if Tommy DeVito does some weird stuff down the stretch. And like I talked about, it's potentially a situation week 18 where the Eagles don't need that game, depending on how things go. Right. And they allow and the Giants Dallas to win. with Washington, like you brought up. Right. So both of those teams could get hurt by that. Um, you know, they can still trade up, but okay. Now you're giving up more capital for that. The, uh, commanders are on by and then they visit the rams next week but then they visit the jets i think i will take i mean a few weeks looking down the road i would take the commanders to beat the jets like the jets are, are is there so a team desperate. you wouldn't take to beat the jets no but like i mean i do think to your point i think the commanders are logically and wisely you know taking their foot off the gas right and letting the car come mm -hmm. to a slow stop I think the Jets are so desperate that they they need any kind of goodwill. You know what I mean? And so, like, they will gladly take that win, and Washington will gladly take that loss. Mm. All right. Let's preview week 14. 
Well, kind of, because, you know, we have a whole show that we're going to do on Thursday for that. Yeah, we got to so. look ahead, though. Uh, well, um, we can see, uh, tune into both episodes. That's fair. Um, so we have to go in chronological order. And I mentioned that the Giants play on Monday Night Football and the Commanders are on by, which means the first game in question is Sunday Night Football. The Dallas Cowboys hosting the mm. Philadelphia Eagles. Um, at AT&T Stadium, where they have won 14 games in a row. They're three-and-a-half-point favorites. Um, that grew. It, it started at just three. Um, this is a big game. It's certainly bigger for the Cowboys. There's no doubt about that because of the fact that the Eagles won the first matchup. And for what it's worth, um, I just want to clarify. I think you probably clarified to BGN Radio listeners, but if the Cowboys win this game, when we all go to sleep on Sunday or Monday morning, whatever, Dallas will be in first place in the NFC East. However, mm -hmm. they do not control their destiny. Um, so they, they could win out, you know, even at this point, right. if, and if Philly loses this game and wins out, the Eagles win the NFC. East. So even if the, the conference record, I believe, right. the conference record um, tiebreaker. Right. So even if the Eagles lose this game, uh, the Cowboys or Cowboys fans still need the Eagles to lose and slip up, which is why I asked you about the Seahawks earlier, obviously. Um, your thoughts, certainly right now, please. And then on the flip side, obviously, if the Eagles win this game, NFC is pretty much yeah, it's effectively over because you really need yeah. Um, because the Eagles have the head to head at that point. By the uh, way, just really quickly, yeah. it's really it's really obvious that the loot. I don't because like it's still very possible that the Niners get the one seed, right? So, um, I don't I don't know if it's fair to say it's very likely that the winner of this game is the one seed. Certainly, those odds increase for Philly if they win it, but I think it's extraordinarily likely that the loser of this game is the five seed in the NFC. Does that yes. make sense? So, Pro well, probably. Um, I'm sorry. Let me rephrase. Not the loser of the game. The, what, that it's, it's, it's more probable <clears throat> that one of these two teams is the five seed than it is. Like, that's a significant probability in my mind that the five seed is going to be the Cowboys or the Eagles. But it, there's a little bit more, you know, up in the air in terms of whether one of them will be the one seed. Because the, sure. the six, the six, seven seeds and below right. all just keep losing. I know the Rams won and the Packers won, but like the also, both these Eagles also beat the Rams and they beat right. the Vikings. So they've Cow and, this, and they we'll see about the Seahawks, but and the Cowboys tiebreaker. Cowboys beat the Rams, obviously. So that's what I'm saying. Like they have, uh, you know, these two teams have a, a clear, you know, lead on the field for the wild card spot. So this is about like, you know, potentially positioning yourself, obviously for the division title, and then potentially for the number one seed. Eagles have not won in Dallas since 2017. What was that? The Jerry Jones Hall of Fame enshrinement halftime. And, and at the time, it was the worst loss ever in AT&T Stadium history. That's been outdone since, but uh, at the time. Right. Well, what's the worst one since? Uh, I don't know off the top of my head, but mm -hmm. I know it's been outdone. So. Okay. So there's that. <laughs> there's also uh, the fact that they have not swept the Cowboys since. Do you know when? 2011 this is what you're yeah i was i was at, I, I was at 13 in my mind going back um wow so it's been a while <laughs> and uh i don't think you know again i'm not saying the eagles definitely are hopeless for the rest of the season but i think they had earned the benefit of the doubt up until the 49ers game and I think they've lost that, you know, with the way they've lost. Then not only have they lost that, but the Cowboys also have earned it with how they played recently and also just in the greater context of the history of this series. And it just seems like it's hard to believe uh, that even if the Eagles are rolling, it's hard to believe that they're just going to so easily sweep the Cowboys. So I am, you know, not making my 
final pick on Tuesday as we're recording this, but I am certainly leaning towards the Dallas side of things. I think it could be a close game, so I don't know totally how I feel about the line yet. I'm leaning, you know, pick towards straight up Cowboys. The line, I'm still a little bit less certain. We'll see. Um, I do think this game is incredibly telling about who the Eagles are. You lost to the 49ers. That sucks, but flush it. You beat the Cowboys, and I'm not saying all is right in the world because you still have to worry about how you're going to beat San Francisco if that happens down the road, but um, you can worry about that when that happens, and you can kind of just feel good about potentially getting the one seed and setting yourself up for the most favorable situation to face the 49ers again as opposed to going there. So um, very interested to see how this team is going to respond. Yeah, um, this is, I, I mean, I think you're a little bit more concerned, um, obviously, in like a show us who you really are Eagles way. Uh, but this is equally a show us who you really are Cowboys sort of way, right? Like, uh, like you just said, like, the momentum's kind of on your side, the vibes are on your side, right? Like most people, to your point, would say like, you haven't lost here in general in a very long time. You haven't been swept by the Eagles in a very long time. You haven't lost to them in this building in a very long right. time. Like this is the show us you're the team that can take care of business game for the Cowboys, right? Like last week, you know, everyone's willing to say, hey, look, the Seahawks may be a little bit more talented. We, maybe we wrote them off a little early and Gina didn't write back and all this stuff, but you survived. You, you proved that you had that in your bag. Prove you have a different level in your bag. It may not be easy. It may not be clean, but go win. And even if you don't wind up winning the one seed, cast your division rival into chaos for the final, you know, four weeks or five weeks of the regular season. Like, make them so uncomfortable. And you have to worry about San Francisco yourself, obviously. However, this ultimately shakes out. But go take care of business. Protect your home field advantage that you have legitimately developed at this point in time. Um, and, and prove that this line was fair and right. The way the Niners did, like, that's it is not a secret that Mike McCarthy has tried to become the Niners like what a what a bold thing but like the Niners very emphatically backed up you said it like they earned the right to cash their checks go earn your your right to cash your checks and, and I think we both agree the Cowboys played very well against Philly but they didn't get it done at the very end that's what it kind of comes down to although I think you're a little too harsh on Gino about that but um yeah go take care of business get the win move on and then start your little gauntlet on the road against Buffalo and Miami and see if you pick up help along the way. Um, you have the rest advantage. You're at home. You've been at home. Do you know the last time the Cowboys played on the road off the top of your head? The Eagles game. No, it was the Sunday before Thanksgiving. Oh, the when Panthers they went to, game. Yeah, yeah, when they went to Carolina. You've been at home a very long time. Like you have all the things kind of rolling your way. And you might have the MVP in the NFL at quarterback, like, you know, so th this is, there's a lot of ripple effect in this game, right? Eagles win Jalen hurts is MVP candidacy kind of, you know, returns to what it was. If the Eagles lose, I think that that's a sinking ship, just the MVP specifically. Um, whereas Dak Prescott probably gets a really nice bump. Obviously that depends a lot on what San Francisco does down the stretch. Micah Parsons, you want this, this, you know, Micah Parsons inner, do you remember the Colts game last year? The Dallas played on Sunday night football when they just destroyed them. I guess. I don't know. Um, Micah entered that game with the potential to take the lead in sacks and he didn't have one. And I wouldn't say Micah faded down the stretch. I would never say that about Micah, but he wasn't as loud. So Micah, you have an opportunity here. Go be loud, go shut the door, go twist the knife. Like, and, and don't make yourself the first team, first Dallas Cowboys team in 12 years to get swept by these dudes. Um, I think we all said at the beginning of the season, Oh, they probably split the series Dallas and Philly. Go live up to that. Like, not, not that that's like a, a thing to brag about, but like, go live up to what everyone believes you are at this point. And you have fought so hard 
to earn belief from people. Don't let it slip out of your hands, especially against a team that you have had some success against. I'm not saying the season is over because they lose this game, either team, but I think is it fair to say it's the unserious bowl? Because whoever loses this game, I think it's a very, it's kind of an unserious result in terms of the Eagles side. You just lose to the 49ers and the Cowboys. You might get the one seed, but no one's taking you seriously. And if you're the Cowboys and you have this, you know, winning streak and everything, and if Dak is the MVP, you go out and win this game. And if you lose to the Eagles, who just got blown out, and again, you're not hopeless. I'm not saying the season's over, but it's kind of like, man, like, are we serious? I think that's somewhat fair. I do think that this game, if the Cowboys lose, it will be really like they'll be really down. Everybody will be really down be about deflating, them for sure. That's what, I mean, either what, team. It will be deflating, but it will allow a much longer uh, ramp to cope, right? Like because th- if the Cowboys lose this game, it effectively you know locks not locks them in, but like they're the five seed. Like that th- that's not changing no matter what. You can kind of stop scoreboard watching if you're a Cowboys fan. Like of course anything is possible, but it is really 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 difficult to win the NFC East and secure the one seed. Obviously, if you lose this game, it's just a matter of things you know really locking into place. But you'll be the five seed in all likelihood versus the Eagles. Um, If they lose this game, they still control their own destiny. But I do think there would be, like, legitimate panic. I don't know that, like, I I think there'd be disappointment on the Cowboys side, but I think there'd be panic. To your point, it's like, okay, well, these might be the three best teams in the NFC, and the Eagles just lost back-to-back games against them, uh, one at home and then, you know, one against their division rival. And it would be the first time Philly lost two regular season games in a row in, what, like three years or something like that? Two years? Since 2021. Yeah. I mean, so... It would be unprecedented in some senses, obviously. Um, and so it one fan base is going to be like walking on air um, and levitating on Sunday night. And another is going to be like one of our comment sections is going to be like ablaze with chaos and mm. savagery. So Good. Always fun. Um, quickly, uh, while we were having this conversation, um, Adam Schefter tweeted out uh, playoff clinching scenarios. Um, I know yeah. you'll throw an article up and so will we. Uh, but Dallas clinches a playoff berth. All these involve a Cowboys win, uh, right. Vikings loss or tie, and a, C- a Green Bay loss or tie, a Seattle loss or a Tampa loss or tie. It's really long, like obviously, but it is possible. Philly, the most simplistic version, they win um, and Seattle loses to San Francisco, which is possible. I would not not possible, probable, the more likely result at this point. Or the Rams lose. So if Philly wins and gets a loss from either the Rams or Seahawks. They're in directly. They could still get in uh, many different, actually eight other ways, but they involve multiple outcomes, not one simple one like those. Yeah, this makes my head hurt. I don't know. And it already hurts. Okay. Uh, quickly, let's preview or just offer. Packers our... win. Yeah. Um, Jordan Packers Love, are... man. Going to be in, like, I would not want to have to play the Packers. I was going to ask you. Um, so we're, I think we're both equally terrified of the Diners. Is that fair to say? And for a fair reason. I'm um, terrified of them, but I have I, mean, I have a lot. I never dis, I have a lot of respect for the 49ers. Yeah. Sure. I mean, we would both we, we we can both acknowledge that if our teams had to play them in in the playoffs, I think at the any Cowboys point, have had an especially you know more traumatizing history specifically against that team. Well, I don't know how you don't feel that Sunday was not traumatizing, but whatever. I'm saying it's um, one game though. Like the, there's multiple games. My point Cowboys. is, my point is, it would it would make us very happy if San Francisco was eliminated before our team had to play them in the playoffs. So. If we live in a world where Dallas or Philly is the one seed, probably Philly at this point in time, and San Francisco is the two, what's the what's the best outcome? Like, you know, what, who who would we most want to be that seven seed? Like, who do we think could go steal it in San Francisco? Green Bay, 
because they're the seventh seed right now. It's, I mean, it's, I, yeah, no one, honestly, but yes. No, guess, no one, yeah. but if, if you have to pick one, I think it's Green Bay. I mean, because if, if the Niners are scared of anyone, it's the Packers, although they've owned them, obviously, very recently. Yeah, I guess. It'd be so funny if the Packers without Aaron Rodgers win and beat the Niners. Like, that would be so funny. Would be funny. Jordan Love, yeah, he looked – I've been saying for a while, like, the Packers are going to make a run here just because their schedule is so easy. I didn't, you know, see him beating the Chiefs, obviously. Um, that was really impressive. And just watching Jordan Love on Thanksgiving, because I, I, I haven't seen him too much this year, he was making, like, very high-level, like, great throws. And that's why I liked the – I think I, I may have gone in the icebox for the Packers in terms of covering the spread. I didn't take him to win, but I, I did say they were going to cover the spread against the Chiefs. Um, I mean, Stephen may have, too, taken the the, the points there. because We don't, the we don't, don't. do icebox for spreads only. We do icebox Well, for, whatever. For in any case uh, – I've liked the Packers. I think they're legit. Yeah, so I like them here in the spot at a home. Like, you know that is... nobody, like everybody says they have a friendly schedule. This is your like, I I haven't fallen for Desmond Ritter the way that everybody else has take. So I don't know about that. I was, I mean, people were like, I think writing them off a few weeks ago. Um, Justice seemed to be when he was on. Of the, course on Justice did. That's his team. He lives in the chaos of it all. This so. is, sorry, this is in Green Bay? Yeah. Um, no, it's at MetLife. Oh, I'm sorry, oh. Jet Life. Jet Life. <laughs> um, with a G for the Giants when they fight. Um, uh, get Life. Uh, yeah, I'll take the Packers. Uh, me too, and I'll lay the points. Not a not a contest. And the Commanders are on their bye, like you said. Okay. Um, they, who they return to play? They return to face Rams in LA. Yeah. Cool. And did you know this is up there with uh the Steagles thing that Sean McVay was once on the Washington staff with Kyle Shanahan and Mike McDaniel? Did you know that? Um, when people say they, like they don't like Sirianni, like I'm glad as opposed to, I don't want Sirianni to be, you know, McVay. Like, I don't want my head coach to be like this. Well, I mean, if those are the two options, gets credit for, uh, naming the players on the other team's defense. So, um, I have my issues with Sirianni for sure, but that is not one of them. The fact that I, I don't want other teams liking him, like people like liked Sean McVay. Oh, or he, oh, he's so smart. Oh, he's so cool. My that. biggest issue with Sirianni, honestly, because um, I have to write his name is a lot. Is the advisor. No, no, is I can never remember if there's one or two R's, and I always have to look. That's really Well, annoying. it's like the phone. What phone? The phone thing. Siri. Oh, I never thought of it that way. That's helpful. Um, yeah. Well, a lot of people, I think, I listen to some other Eagles podcasts, and they'll say Sirianni, and then their Siri will go off because... Uh, yeah. To be fair... She could go off just because of the phonetic pronunciation of it. Like, she doesn't know the way it's being spelled. Mm-hmm. Or maybe she does. Machines are smart. They're coming for us all. Um, okay. There will be a live episode of the NFC's mixtape this week. No guests because we just got to get straight to the meat. We're not We're not having any side dishes, no potatoes, no mac and cheese, no rice, no beans, no greens, no bread. Just steak on the plate. Bring questions, I would say. Let's let's get some questions going. I I know people usually do, but let's uh let's lean into that. Let's get some questions going in the chat for Thursday this, night. By the way, is... uh, RJ, uh, a lot of good positive feedback on the NFC East mixtape at Wrong Crowd Beer Company in Westchester, PA, where we watched the Cowboys win sadly on Thursday night. Oh, but we had a really good turnout. Um, yeah, a lot of interesting opinions on RJ at, uh, at that thing. Like good mix of I think love and hate um some people thinking you you know uh debate me a little bit too much um yeah different a lot of compliments as well so you know good mix the comments we generally get the most are that this show is best when we're fighting 
You know what I mean? Like that's what people want. Um, <laughs> so I true. think well, it's I like think the first take of it all. People want to see conflict. I know, but I think they'll enjoy like your petulance earlier against stats. You know what I mean? Like, but so petulance. people, what you... <laughs> people want to see, you know, the chaos. I've said that word like six times in the last 10 minutes. People, people want to see it. So that's, um, who, um, who I try to be. Uh, anyway, for you, by the way, uh, okay. Uh, ratings and reviews on apple Podcasts, five stars obviously do we bring back Ertz? this is from flyers guy 555 this is hey, for me and rj long time listen listen long time listener and eagle sand listening from scotland shout out to flyers guy in scotland quick question though it may be old news by the time we record with the news that zach Ertz has been released and apparently wants to sign with a contender what are the odds that you can try and sign him could potentially be a better option at backup tight end than jack stole yeah i mean i wouldn't mind re-signing zach Ertz. um so i'm going to keep it simple i'm sure you don't really care from a cowboys perspective if the eagles do that but uh i did want to get your quick take on the eagles signing shaq leonard because last week you said it was like what like a seven out of ten in terms of being disappointing if the cowboys don't get him yeah um i mean I, like I'm not. There's a lot of Cowboys fans who like don't do this. People, you know, like the oh he sucks anyway. Like that's not yeah you know, we don't have to do this. But like I think he would have been a really valuable depth piece, and that is even just to keep him away from the Eagles, honestly. Well, yeah, like, <laughs> like yeah, but like to, to have depth anywhere is a welcome thing all the time. But certainly as as you prepare for the playoffs. Um, but there's no question that he can see more significant play time in Philadelphia. Yeah. Like you know what I mean? It's it's a really Easy to un- easy to understand decision um, from Shaq Leonard. Like, also, I'm not just the connections to the uh, you know he, he was with Sirianni in Indy. So well, he knows I mean the he was there. he was with Stephon Gilmore and Malik Hooker in Indianapolis. Yeah, but so the he also, is, it's a little different, I think. I mean, I'm just saying. He, you know, I'm also happy for him that he had a chance to enjoy pseudo free agency. Like that's always cool. Like when you're a player that didn't get a chance to experience it. Um, so I will say, <coughs> sorry, <coughs> almost made it. Um, if the Zach Ertz thing happens. I won't laugh at it the way you laughed at um at the Cowboys bringing back Jason Witten because it won't be the same thing. But it will be, it will feel a little it, it will feel a little stretching. Uh, hmm. It will feel a little like trying. And I'm a big fan of Zach Ertz, the person. Again, I, it really sucks how like cool a lot of these Eagles players are. Um, but um, I like that. Like the Shaq Leonard thing is like a seven out of ten for me. The you know, Zach Ertz thing will be like a four out of ten. At the yeah, most. I don't expect anyone to care. I just think it makes sense for the Eagles because I mean Goddard's been hurt. He does get banged up, so I would like to have more depth because their depth at tight end is not great. Um, so I would like it from that perspective. And you know, if Zach Ertz is going to talk about how much he loves Philly all the time, then I mean, this is kind of your chance. To I also prove it would, here. The only thing that would annoy me, and this happens in other situations too. Um, I mentioned how, like, if I had been the Texans, I would have told the Packers, you want Randall Cobb? First round pick. You know what I mean? Like, uh-huh. so I would be slightly annoyed at, like, oh, the former defensive coordinator of the Eagles just, like, waved the tight end and nobody well, picked him up and claimed him and he could just go rejoin the team. Like, that seems silly to me. Who coached Zach Leonard? Um, who was that right. head coach of the Colts? Oh, Frank. Uh, yeah, I said that's a good question. Yeah, okay, sorry. They're, I was, they're I got, gaming the trade I got, deadline. I got lost in the players. Frank. Right? And wasn't Zach Ertz even traded from Philadelphia? He was. He was traded to Arizona. To the... So, yeah, so like the Eagles got the draft pick, whatever, mm-hmm. like however inconsequential it may have been. Fifth round and, pick. and then they get to just bring him back for like, it's so stupid. I mean, you know, that would bother me just. Howie like, Roseman, chess, not checkers, baby. Uh, last thing. It is, isn't it kind of funny that because this. I can't like I'm trying to think of another situation. This probably hasn't has this happened before where a player has like decided who they want to play with out of two teams playing each other the same week. Like that's a pretty rare thing. 
right? Um, it's kind of crazy. Yeah, I certainly can't think of. Um, like that's really of, weird. Of, I know of, it might not matter a ton, but it's just like that's and, very funny to see a that, player like. Well, he's Jack Leonard clearly thinks the Eagles have a better chance this week. I guess. I mean, obviously, it's probably more about the playing time, but yeah. still, it is a little bit about like which well, team so you, do you believe in. To add to your point, also like, you know, two incredibly, you know this is a consequential game you know what i mean like it isn't like oh he you know he he chatted with the cardinals and the mm-hmm. you know and the falcons and they happen right. to be playing each other this week and he just picked one like no no this is like a seismic game that he just picked one side over <laughs> uh so it is a funny you know kind of cool thing. it's weird it's strange it doesn't and happen i actually tweeted that on monday i do think like i'm i feel like no ill will about this like you know it just he made a choice but um it is cool how close the Cowboys and Eagles have been you know what I mean like these last few years like it has made it a lot of fun it's made these weeks really tense and really you know fun as well um but so you know it's a good thing we started the mixtape when we did for our sake yeah for sure it would be very I mean boring, since we but... started the mixtape these two teams are tied for the second most wins in the NFL only boom. behind the Kansas City Chiefs boom wow uh let's add songs ourselves uh stats hasn't texted me yet so Wow. Uh, but Rachelle's song, she also went Christmas, um, which is going to be a popular theme here um, in terms of my pick. She is going with What Christmas Means to Me by Stevie Wonder. So that is Rachelle's pick. Um, my pick, um, I've mentioned this before, I think. I um, heard the song last Christmas when I was in college and I was playing and, and I was I, like a day later, I was playing racquetball with my friend and we were talking about like songs and I was like, dude, I heard and I heard the Glee cover. And, I, and it was like a really boppy song. So it's like, hey, dude, I heard this song that's really great. And he was like, oh, what is it? And I was like, it's called Last Christmas. And I was like, Glee wrote it. And I like didn't know that to be true. I just like was kind of like talking confidently for no reason. And he was like, they didn't write it. I was like, yeah, they did. And we got into like an argument. He was like, no, Wham wrote it. So I'm going with Last Christmas, not Wham or Glee, the Carly Rae Jepsen version. I'm. I don't think I'm familiar with any of these. I have to listen to them. That's good. Gives me wow. some Sad. listening homework. I was thinking about going Christmas because it's December now, but I'm actually not feeling quite, I'm not feeling good, obviously, for multiple reasons. So yeah, I've been trying I, to get out like, of here for you. I feel like it'd be, um, it would, it's not right. I'm not like in the Christmas spirit mindset right now. So I can't do it yet. I'm going to have some more in coming weeks. I'm actually going to go with Elevator by Boxcar Racer, which uh, is a great side project band. And there's a lyric at the end of that song that goes, let's forget this all, move on. And I think that is thematic for what the Eagles need to do. I'm not a big believer in like the let's burden the tape because no, you want to learn from your mistakes. But I think that this is a game they have to flush. They have to flush the 49ers game, whatever. You got blown out, you got embarrassed, whatever. It doesn't matter in terms of you now you need to beat the Cowboys. So got to readjust the focus and do it quickly. Live show coming later on this week. We will launch the the show on the YouTube side of things um, early in the day. So if you want to go fill it up with questions ahead of time, yes, um, we'll share the link out on social um, probably around noon or something that day. Um, and then we'll get to those, obviously, once we start. Um, we start right when Thursday Night Football does at 8.15 p.m. Eastern. So oh, counter counter programming. <laughs> yeah. So you don't have to watch, what, Titans, Steelers? It's, no, that was last time. Uh, it's oh. Steelers, Patriots um uh, so yeah. did you not see the i know you want to leave but just quickly um everybody made fun of last week on thursday night football when they do the graphic that's like oh next week we have the ravens Bengals, and it has like lamar jackson and joe burrow um it had tj watt over the steelers and it had bill belichick for the patriots and it was like how often does the head coach like they have no play like no marketable players that's what i'm saying like, it, was, it was really funny like if you uh, had to put a player on there who would you put 
right now, um, Devontae yeah, Parker. Zappy. Devontae okay. Parker. Zeke. Zeke. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, um, wow. As we leave, Brandon, tell us your favorite color of Gatorade and why. Uh, it's actually the strawberry flavor. So, like, a pink, pinkish color. It's great. Love it. <laughs>